listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Matt Nagy said time and again he was committed to Andy Dalton, but now announces Justin Fields will be the QB1 going forward. Well, he, listen, he looked at the tape again. I mean, he, he, was, he dozed off a few times during the game. He wasn't calling plays. <laughs> and he looked at it and said, you know, they, they actually played on yeah. I don't know. Uh, you want to defend. Whenever the, what's it called? Not, the intelligentsia is like the people in colleges and the people that are credentialed. Uh, maybe it's the twi- Twitter all day or something. There's <laughs> the Twitterverse is one expression. No, no, thank you. That's not near as good. <laughs> is we're trying to imply not the zeitgeist of Twitter, but rather those who are in the upper, in the clouds, right. in the ivory towers of Twitter, like RJ in Vegas. No, see that, that it's funny. You might think that. And someone ignorant would think oh, that. Oh. But, but in truth, I'm one to be very judicious with my judgments, especially on Twitter. Here, you know, it's kind of like every, you know, there's news stories, you have takes, and I, oftentimes I'll dig into something nuanced that I have a strong feeling about instead of trying to have the big thing always be, yay, nay. You know, it's one or the other. Nah, that's not my style. But here you throw out willy nilly that your co host is ignorant, but on Twitter, you're very judicious yeah. about that. Well, but, here, but, but not. Oh, willy-nilly, because you were being ignorant in response to what you said. I mean, you showed the country you were being ignorant, and I pointed it out, and you're blaming me. That's the funny part of it. But okay, okay, is incorrect. Maybe not ignorant, uninformed. Right, same thing, Wrong. it's fine. Uninformed is a nice way of saying ignorant. Okay. I appreciate that, AJ, though. I, I apologize. You are uninformed Thank about you, me on Twitter and my hot takes. Or, you know, cold cash over hot takes. Now, back to the story. To me, whenever the Twitterverse says, <laughs> says, oh, bad, 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 dumb, bad, I'm usually like, really? He's dumb? He's not dumb. He might be uninformed, but he's not dumb. But boy, maybe Nagy deserves it. <laughs> There's enough of a body of work that Matt maybe, Nagy, man, maybe, maybe we know. I was a skeptic of him to start with. Uh, when you don't call plays, and he never did under Andy Reid, what are you doing? Right? I mean, obviously you're doing something, but you're not doing something major. And I'm of two minds in the following way. Couldn't you make the case, and this is going to be a strong take, that Nagy got more out of Trubisky than you would expect by a large margin. If you would say, here's Trubisky, who's now a backup quarterback, and lucky to be a backup quarterback, you can make the case. Trubisky went to the playoffs with him twice. Am I mistaken on that, or am I correct? So, that feels fairly impressive to me. I know they just snuck in both times, and we're kind of making it a binary, you know, in or out. But almost like, oh, I don't know, O'Brien for Houston. A lot of criticism from the uninformed, but performance when it comes to making the playoffs. Do you see the analogy? I do see it. And I think that Trubisky, most people thought that the Bears were making the playoffs in spite of Mitch Trubisky's performance. And they, but how, many, how often does a team make the playoffs with a bad quarterback? It's pretty rare. And it's happened twice in three years. And then you could make the case, when's he ever had a good quarterback? And who wins in the NFL without a good quarterback? Maybe, no one wins big, really. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we could say Jared Goff ultimately wasn't good. But the thing there was, there was a scheme advantage the Rams had. 
that Goff was able to execute on. When that scheme advantage disappeared after the Super Bowl, after the Bears game earlier that year, schematically it disappeared. Now Goff had to be the performer that pushed him over the top. He couldn't do it. Right now we're seeing Goff as, you know, on a bad team and as a quarterback, he's not great, but he's not horrible. I mean, I'm looking at one ranking right here, got him about 22-23 that use EPA as a, a key metric. I mean, Goff's probably 22-23, right? Yeah, but that's what Steve says. I've got Steve's rankings right here in front of me. He's got him at 23. Okay. So, the, the question becomes, where would Trubisky be on that list? At the very bottom. Maybe uh, amongst the other than the rookies? The very bottom. You could deb- Right now, I'd rather have Trubisky than Wilson for a game. So he's got Fez has Trubisky as a negative one point five. All right, so one and a half below average, which would put him even with Jalen Hurts and Jacoby Brissett ahead of five quarterbacks currently playing. I and I'm not so sure that's wrong. That might be a little optimistic. The, those five: Big Ben, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Davis Mills. So pretty much the rookies. The rookies and Big Ben. The rookies and the the very young. Or the very old. Very, very old. With a bad hip. <laughs> yes. I think if they had PR, the Steelers, they'd think, Ben's old. He's hurt. Maybe we should say upper leg. Ben and hip? <laughs> I'm not sure that works. But that's a different conversation. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, let's take a look at Stefan Gilmore, who's traded after it looked like he was going to be outright released by the Patriots. Now he's traded to the Carolina Panthers for a 2023 sixth-round pick. Okay, so obviously not much. Why would a guy who has been elite be traded for so little? Well, he's old. He's getting old. And does he have anything left? Probably. I know the Pats wanted to keep him. But this was a rare case where Belichick paid I mean, Gilmore has a jumbo contract. And is he worth that contract right now? I don't know. I really don't know. Mackenzie, can you get his uh, contract numbers up there? Yes, one sec. And here's the thing, and this is where people get it wrong. How good is Gilmore? Oh, he's certainly a good addition for Carolina because they're thin at cornerback. They lost their first-round pick, Horn. But here's the thing. He's not good at a jumbo price. So there could be someone significantly worse than Gilmore. And Gilmore could be worth less considering his salary. His salary in 2020, $14 million of cash. 14 million. The best cornerback in the league, like before the most recent contracts, was like 15 million. This he was at the very top of the market. Now I think it's uh, what's Ramsey? I think he's around 18, right? So he's within. Let's we'll verify that he's in shouting distance with Ramsey. That doesn't make any sense. So Gilmore's not worth anything at that contract. If somehow he was cut and could get signed for the veteran vet men. He'd be very valuable because he's probably at least the second best cornerback on almost every team in the league. Maybe Denver, maybe a couple others. Not PFF grade last year for Stephon Gilmore was a 61, which was the 47th best of all the guys yeah. who, had, who played at least 50 percent of the snaps. Yeah, but that, that's not what he was. I mean, it, what I'm saying is, 
I'm not in a position to say, oh, PFF's wrong in this case or that. Belichick wouldn't have held out this long at that. He obviously he was trying to find some resolution to this. That's why they had him out this long. Now there's also speculation that they didn't want to cut him before the Tampa Bay game because maybe Tampa picks him up. Right? They've, they've got needs, and maybe they would have picked him over Richard Sherman. Or maybe they take both. Because yeah. they would have got both in theory at Vat Men's if they would have cut him. The fact they were able to get a pick for him did two things. One, they got a pick. Two, they could decide who he went to. He, they didn't want him. They, they like Kilmore. That's why they paid him all that money. I would also say in, in 2019, if you go back a year, his PFF grade was 82.8, which was the fifth best in the league. So, yes. so when you saw last year, maybe a down year, he was playing on sort of a bum, a bum exactly. ankle most of the year. You never know. Is it the injury? Or is it the age? But they also didn't want to extend him because Stefan Gilmore wanted an extension. They said no, so they had come into an impasse, and it made sense for them to move on from him, I guess. I agree. I, I think that's a good recap. And what I would say is, and it's important to remember this, Belichick does not back down on these things. You know why? Because he's there's no subjectivity to him. He knows in his mind what a person, a player's worth. He's going to pay that or as little as possible up to that, and no more. It doesn't matter if it's Tom Brady. And he's right sometimes. He's wrong sometimes. I think he's right as anyone, right? Even as a personnel guy. I don't think you win all these Super Bowls and not be a good personnel guy. You can say how bad some of his draft picks are. It's small sample size. Has Belichick, has things passed him by? I, I, don't, I don't think any of us could even tell if they did. Right? How would we know? He's so much better than the typical radio guy at football. It doesn't seem like the other coaches have lost respect for him. So, I'm a Belichick guy as long as he seems to be working at the level he is. And this is modus operandi, the MO of the Patriots. They don't pay more than they're supposed to. And you know what? They don't break the rules ever. Butler, cornerback against the Eagles. Has that been discovered yet? No. They they take one of their they, the quarterback the cornerback that won them their last Super Bowl against Seattle got benched and didn't play a Couldn't down play. didn't play a down why he won't even tell anyone now I don't know about that why you know you think you'd want the team to know but to some degree he said I don't think I should tell the team and I'm not gonna tell the team and Gilmore at uh, fourteen million. And Ramsey at 17 and a half, which was Ramsey's number, I'll take Ramsey seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Sure. So, not, but people question did Ramsey get overpaid? So, obviously, Gilmore is. And I love what Carolina's doing as well because they're on the hook for this year's money, which is fine, but Carolina feels like they can win right now. They lost their top corner, they replaced him with CJ Henderson. But what Matt Rule said, CJ Henderson's for the future. Stephon Gilmore's for right now. They believe they can win right now. And because they gave up just a sixth round pick, if they decide at the end of this year they don't want to keep him, okay, you lose a sixth round pick, big deal. If you do decide to keep him, then that's- I agree. It was a, listen. There was a serious need, and the thing about these jumbo contracts, oftentimes, you know, the signing bonus and all that. Once it happens, that's why when the Jags got off their first round pick from last year, it was a real big decision because once you end up paying all that money in the signing bonus and stuff, the contracts are fairly decent. So that's why the Pats wanted to keep him. But you made a good point. Is he wanted an extension, but he's not going to get one from Carolina this year. So it's a rental, it feels like, most likely. But boy, Carolina needs him now. And I think this makes the point, as I talked about in the headlines, 
which is Carolina has a billion-dollar owner, fairly new, and he's a man of action. And I question the Sam Darnold decision. I still do, especially not to trade initially, but signing him to his fifth – or I'm sorry, picking up his fifth-year option at a jumbo number – even before the season, felt like, to me, egregious. It felt like too much. But you know what? Temper, the owner, is a genius, literally, in the hedge fund world. This guy has a way of winning, of succeeding, that's hard to comprehend. And Carolina is not going to be static. They're not going to sit on their hands. A lot of teams, they get hurt, hurt at cornerback. They go, oh, maybe next year. Maybe next year. We're thin at cornerback. We might go 9-7, and seven, whatever. In prior years, Carolina, someone goes down. Well, we'll get someone else. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. I like that. I haven't liked all of Carolina's moves. I like that ac- action. I like that action, that activity. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into the NFL, the big games in the NFL. The Chargers, one-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Cleveland Browns. Okay, this is fascinating. The Browns run the ball big and physical as well as anyone in the NFL, probably better than anyone in the NFL. Okay, what does this uh, the Rams' defense last year, what's the Chargers' defense this year with Staley as the head coach, D.C. last year. What are they known for? Light in the box. Light in the box. Now, we're talking about football, and what it means is they're saying, if you run, you're doing something we want you to do. We want to try to stop you. We don't want you to get yards, but we'd much rather you run and get tempted by the easy yards, and then we're going to surprise you. We're going to only give you like 4.2 yards instead of 5. And you're going to be less efficient than if you pass the ball. And we're going to keep uh, uh, two high safeties. They play quarter sometimes. Again, I, I know this an inch deep, so I don't want to act like I'm an X's and O's expert. But it really is, as AJ said, about tempting you to run. Buffalo does the same thing. Yeah. This year, though, you got to, you know, Buffalo, last year, I think for sure. This year, I'm not saying they're not doing the same thing, but the de- the, right now, Buffalo might have the best defense in the league. That's the question. We'll talk about that game next. Is I think the Browns are particularly suited to punish the Chargers for this approach. They might be the only team that could punish them this way. So I don't love the Browns here, but I love the running backs, both of them for the Browns, over the rush total. I think they're going to run the ball often, so it's going to be both usage 
and it's going to be efficiency. And that's the two things to think about in stats. So with Chubb, I'd go over for sure. That's, you know, in fact, let's make that an impromptu best bet. Over Chubb, McKenzie, check to see if there's a number on that yet. If not, it's whatever the market opens at. It's going to be reasonable because it's going over. What's your quick thought on that game? I, I like what well, you're saying. Yeah. I like the Chargers, though. I, I do think that the Browns oh, are going to have so some... So we're saying how the, char- the Browns are going to dominate on offense, but no, I like the Chargers. The Browns are going to have a lot of success running the ball. The sneaky, the, the secret about the Browns is Baker Mayfield has kind of stunk this year. Yeah, but listen, I hear you, but last when you stink and still win... And I would, this year, that's interesting. Make, make the case quickly that he stunk this year. I think that he has... Well, when you say, I think, that doesn't tell me anything. What's a stat that says he stinks? <laughs> well, I didn't have my stats up in front of okay, me. Okay, so you are against Baker Mayfield. Here's what I'm seeing. Looking at the list of like 35 quarterbacks, he's about 20, 22. I mean, so not great. And he got a big down... In fact, he had the biggest downgrade of the week last week. He was awful against the Vikings. You know, the funny, the two biggest downgrades were... Well, Davis Mills had the biggest. <laughs> the two biggest after that was Mayfield and Cousins playing each other. So, he had a bad game. But on the season, he's disappointed a smidge, but... I, you know, I'm not sure he's the problem. But go ahead, make your last case. No, I, I think that the Chargers have some success on their on their offense as well. I think and that maybe you like the over though. The clock running with the rushing, you got to worry that's about. That's what scares me. Going over Chubb, 83 yards, best bet. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.